Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, brought to you by Ceres. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Investment capital to fund hydrogen clean energy development is being raised in record amounts in the private and public markets this year, with both of the supply and demand sides of proposed hydrogen energy solutions dependent on the development of hydrogen hubs. Dr. Venera Anderson is a global strategy advisor and author on sustainability and climate issues. She is also Illuminum's energy voice and a recognized expert in Women in Green Hydrogen Association. She's also my guest today on the podcast episode, and she has recently published a study promoting the development of coastal green hydrogen hubs as part of the U.S. clean hydrogen energy infrastructure. She's joining me now to discuss this concept as a key to creating a hydrogen clean energy economy. But before we start, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. I'm thrilled to talk about the important work Ceres is doing. Ceres is a nonprofit organization working with the most influential capital market leaders to solve the world's greatest sustainability challenges. Through their powerful networks and global collaborations of investors, companies, and nonprofits, Ceres drives action and inspires equitable, market-based, and policy solutions throughout the economy. To learn more, go to series.org slash podcast. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash podcast. At Series, sustainability is the bottom line. Hello, Venera, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you for having me today, Paul. It's an absolute pleasure. I love listening to the CFP's episodes during my daily walks. Oh, that's wonderful. I, you know, I, I, I'm curious. I'm, thanks for offering that information. I'm starting to get very curious about how people and when people are, are tuning into our podcast episodes. So now we have, we can start with that piece of data that you do that while you're walking, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's jump right into our questions here. The first one is hydrogen energy has not really lived up to the hype about it for decades, Venera. Why do you think that hydrogen's time as a clean energy solution has finally arrived? Thank you, Paul. Your listeners may know that the enthusiasm surrounding hydrogen is not new. Let me give you a bit of history before answering your question. In the 1970s, hydrogen interest was due to oil price shocks, gasoline shortages, acid rain, and air pollution. The subsequent moderation in oil prices, public resistance against nuclear power and air pollution control measures lessened the hydrogen excitement. In the 1980s, the rising concern about climate change once again increased hydrogen interest, especially with a focus on carbon and capture technology, transportation, and renewable energy. However, global oil prices remain low, which lessened the support for hydrogen usage. In the early 2000s, climate change concerns led to renewed policy action, concentrating on peak oil matters in the transportation sector. So by 2010, the hydrogen momentum decreased due to the peak oil concerns retreat, uncertainty about climate policy developments, and the rapid progress with battery electric vehicles. So none of the previous waves of interest resulted in sustainable investment in this technology. As a result, hydrogen accounts only for less than 1% of the current energy mix is mainly produced from unabated fossil fuels and is used on site where it is obtained. 
In essence, the lack of success in the previous hydrogen scale-up was due to the dependence on high-rising oil and gas prices and the focus on one sector, transportation. So now hydrogen supporters include the governments of major economies, large investors, automakers, oil gas companies, industrial gas producers, renewable electricity suppliers, gas electric utilities, and many others. So back to your question, why now, right? Because there are four reasons for hydrogen as hope in the current energy transition. First, hydrogen can deliver deep emission reductions, especially in the hard to abate sectors, shipping, aviation, heavy duty and long distance road transport, steel and iron production, chemicals, high temperature industrial heat and building heat. Second, hydrogen can ensure the continuation of renewable electricity's growth. Third, Technical innovation in other clean energy solutions can also benefit hydrogen innovation. And lastly, hydrogen can also contribute to many policy objectives, economic development, energy access, local air pollution, and energy security. Let's put some spotlight on energy security because it's, it's at the forefront to the Russian-Ukraine conflict. European push to decrease its dependence on Russian gas is currently spearheading the push for green hydrogen. For example, According to Bloomberg, in July of this year, green hydrogen cost less than natural gas in eight European countries, which made it cost competitive about a decade ahead of schedule. So I believe that although gas prices may decline, this conflict finally solidified the political support and investor interest in scaling up the hydrogen economy. All right, that's a fantastic background information for us going forward into the next questions, which are going to take us deeper into your research. Uh, so tell us, tell our audience how you developed your research concept that a coastal green hydrogen hub is a key to creating the hydrogen economy. Thank you, Paul, once again. The concept of my research study was informed by my recent European Union field business for John Hopkins University's program to German Competence Center for Renewable Energies and Energy Efficiency in Hamburg University of Applied Sciences, where I learned about the Norddeutsches Reallabor project, which attempts holistic system integration for sector coupling with green hydrogen. Also then Danish power company Orsted, some domestic international case studies, and my map analysis. So your listeners may ask, what is this green hydrogen hub, right? Green hydrogen hub is defined as a regional network consisting of production, end use, and connective infrastructure, which is needed to produce, transport, store, and use clean hydrogen in a functional regional market. So based on my study, an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub has following six characteristics. First is a geographic cluster of facilities for renewable electricity generation with an additional capacity for green hydrogen production. Second, it's a sea ocean port as business and logistics hubs for the green hydrogen import and export. Third is the proximity to hydrogen storage resources. Fourth, coastal industrial clusters with a high skilled workforce already using hydrogen technology and infrastructure. Fifth is a large number of potential green hydrogen off-takers from various sectors. Sixth, hydrogen pipelines, natural gas infrastructure, and other transportation modes for green hydrogen transport. In addition, I believe that the supportive political environment is also crucial for building a clean hydrogen economy. Now, Venera, you uh, mentioned uh, th that you were visiting 
facilities and infrastructure in Germany, I believe, and in Europe fairly recently as part of developing your concept. Why do you think that this concept can be expanded in the United States? I believe the concept can be expanded in the U.S., as I argue in my study, since it has possible locations with suitable components for an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub. Since the U.S. has the world's largest economy, its decarbonization is essential for obtaining global greenhouse gas emissions reductions of the magnitude required to fight climate change. And a green hydrogen can be a potential game changer for this challenge. While I believe that it's not a silver bullet for all decarbonization transition, it uniquely complements and enables other decarbonization pathways in the U.S., such as direct electrification, energy efficiency measures, and biomass-based fuels. Now, what are the major opportunities for U.S. coastal green hydrogen development? According to my study, the U.S. has supportive political environment and suitable locations with six components for an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub, which allows the deployment of large-scale decarbonization solutions. I will briefly touch on each point. First, supportive political environment. The hydrogen hub concept is already well recognized in the U.S. since $8 billion of investments infrastructure and Jobs Act federal investment is allocated towards the regional clean hydrogen hubs program. Presently, Department of Energy, DOE, anticipates awarding funding from six to 10 hydrogen hubs across the country, which are expected to be carried out over eight to 12 years. Hydrogen supporters view DOE's funding for hubs as deposits, which will fuel hydrogen innovation and further private investment. Secondly, my map analysis identifies suitable locations with six components for an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub. First, the U.S. holds abundant renewable electricity sources, additional to existing and planned generation required for green hydrogen production. Second, the country has large ports, similar to the ones I witnessed in northern Germany. In the U.S., such ports are on the Pacific, Atlantic, and the Gulf of Mexico coasts. The ports hold potential for dual purposes, support the hydrogen for truck fleet vehicles and inland marine shipping fuel, and also international hydrogen trade by ship. In terms of hydrogen storage, the U.S. has three caverns, which can be used to store hydrogen on a massive scale. Also in June of 2020, DOE closed a 500.4 million loan to advance clean energy storage, which will result in the, in the global single largest hydrogen storage site. Fourth, uh, U.S. coastal industrial clusters with high-skilled workforce are already using hydrogen infrastructure and technology. Such clusters provide an essential opportunity for scaling up and cleaning up hydrogen supply and demand. Fifth, these clusters represent promising locations for expanding hydrogen use in other sectors, such as long-haul heavy-duty trucking, marine shipping, aviation, among others. The potential sources of hydrogen demand co-located with industrial clusters may offer potential synergies. And lastly, similar to North Germany, the U.S. extensive transportation network can be used for hydrogen transport. For example, U.S. already has more than 1,600 miles of hydrogen pipelines and also well-developed natural gas pipeline networks. Also, the country has railroads, barge waterways, and freight highways that can transport green hydrogen to places of utilization and storage. So to sum up, Paul, my analysis proves that the U.S. has the political will and all components for ideal coastal green hydrogen hubs.
All right, Venera, that, these opportunities sound fantastic. Now, what do you see as the major challenges for expansion of this concept around hydrogen hubs in the U.S. economy? I believe there are two significant challenges for this concept expansion. First is an economic issue, which is related to costs of electrolyzers and hydrogen infrastructure. And second is a competition with electrification in end-use sectors due to technology-neutral policies. So let's briefly discuss the economic issue. Annually, the U.S. produces about 10 million metric tons of hydrogen using electrolysis only in 1% of its hydrogen production. The competitive levelized cost of green hydrogen mainly depends on the cost of electrolyzers, since renewable energy prices for solar wind energy have decreased and become cost competitive with natural gas. The, the current electrolysis technology is expensive. With approximately 1,000 per kilowatt capacity and conversion efficiency loss of about 10 to 30 percent. And raw materials used in electrolyzer manufacturing will also be in tight supply near term. Therefore, building a green hydrogen economy through coastal green hydrogen hubs requires a drastic reduction in the cost of electrolyzers. Fortunately, according to IRENA's World Energy Transition Outlooks 2022, the cost of hydrogen electrolyzers will decline at comparable rates to solar PV and onshore wind decrease in the past decade. Therefore, such promising global developments indicate that electrolyzers' costs will eventually not challenge this concept expansion. The second economic issue is the cost of building hydrogen infrastructure for its end-use sectors, such as transportation, which might be prohibitive. For example, the delay in building hydrogen transportation infrastructure might hurt the generation of customer demand to buy green hydrogen at a price needed to cover production costs and a profit, regardless of potential subsidies provided by the U.S. Hydrogen Hubs program. Fortunately, the provisions under the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will simplify the challenges of cost of hydrogen infrastructure for its coastal green hydrogen hub development. And lastly, competition with electrification in the end-use sectors, for example, transportation, due to technology-neutral policies, is another challenge for the concept expansion. Technology-neutral policies can increase infrastructure development and vehicle uptake, but hinder fair technological competition. Fortunately, once again, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 might establish a level playing field for the potential U.S. coastal green hydrogen hub developers. Besides the vast support for hydrogen infrastructure, this monumental policy introduces the Clean Hydrogen Production Tax Credit, offering nearly $13 billion in value across the hydrogen industry during the next 10 years. So based on this policy, the green hydrogen producers might emerge as main winners in the new hydrogen economy. Therefore, the federal subsidies provided for hydrogen infrastructure and production might lessen the severity of competition with electrification in end-use sectors where green hydrogen is more beneficial for U.S. decarbonization. That's a great answer with a lot about the challenges ahead. And one of the things you mentioned, uh, Venera, during that answer was an acronym, I-R-E-N-A. Can you tell us what that stands for? Yes, it's International Re Renewable Energy Agency. Okay, great. Now, let's move on to the case studies for potential coastal green hydrogen hubs that are mentioned in your study. And specifically, there are two that we want to hear about in Los Angeles, California, and in Houston, Texas. Sure. So the first case study is HYD Los Angeles, which was now renamed HY Build Los Angeles. 
is an initiative that seeks to position Los Angeles as the first U.S. green hydrogen hub. This project, in my opinion, meets all six prerequisites for an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub and has an incredibly supportive political environment. First, Los Angeles is surrounded by a cluster of facilities for renewable electricity, additional to planned and operating solar wind generation for green hydrogen production. Secondly, the Port of Los Angeles on Long Beach, the two biggest U.S. ports combined, can serve as business and logistics hubs for green hydrogen import and export. The proximity to the Asia-Pacific region with large potential green hydrogen consumers, especially this, is attractive for this green hydrogen hub. Third, the potential hub is relatively close to underground geological storage in central Utah. Fourth, Southern California possesses a large concentration of coastal heavy industries, including natural gas processing, petroleum refining, steel and cement manufacturing. Fifth, the LA hub has many potential green hydrogen off-takers from various sectors, uh, industrial power application, heavy-duty tracking. And lastly, the hub developers plan to use green hydrogen pipelines that connect Los Angeles with central Utah and may use natural gas pipelines and other modes of hydrogen transportation. Uh, my second case study is based on um, Houston, Texas, which in my opinion is the best candidate for U.S. A green hydrogen hub on the Gulf Coast, since it also has six components for an ideal coastal green hydrogen hub. So first, like Los Angeles, Houston is surrounded by a cluster of facilities for renewable electricity, additional to planned and operating solar wind generation for green hydrogen production. Actually, Texas can have a vital advantage in green hydrogen output since it produces the most wind power generation in the US. Secondly, the port of Houston can serve as a business and logistics hub for green hydrogen import and export, competing with foreign exporters of green hydrogen. Thirdly, Houston has proximity to potential ample hydrogen storage resources. For example, Texas Gulf Coast has three out of four global salt caverns currently used for hydrogen storage. Fourth, Houston has coastal industrial clusters with highly skilled workers already using hydrogen technology and infrastructure. Fifth, Houston has many potential green hydrogen off-takers from various sectors, uh, also industrial applications and mobility and utility. Six, which is a uh, last one, the Texas Gulf Coast has 900 miles of hydrogen pipelines, which account for more than one half of all U.S. hydrogen pipelines and one third of world's total. Houston can also build new hydrogen pipelines to follow existing right-of-way oil pipelines to reach effective build-out and utilize other modes for hydrogen transportation. And lastly, Houston does have a supportive political environment in principle, given that it adopted a climate action plan of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. However, in contrast with to Southern California, Texas still needs to adopt additional supportive green hydrogen policy frameworks. Due to the substantial oil and gas industrial presence, Texas coastal green hydrogen hub developers might face stiff competition from their emerging blue hydrogen counterparts. Panera, we are out of time today, and there's a lot more to talk about, so we'll definitely do this again in the future, if you're open Absolutely. to it. For the moment, please tell our Sustainable Finance Podcast listeners where they can learn more about your recently published study and how they can reach you with questions about the topics that we've discussed in today's episode. Sure, the full research study is published on the Illumina website. In addition to the topics discussed, the listeners can also learn about my invented theoretical concept of quasi-revolutionary transition, 
which describes an innovative strategy, a transition governance model towards the green hydrogen economy. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. Yes, and thanks again to Dr. Venera Anderson, Global Strategy Advisor and author on sustainability and climate, and a member of the Harvard Business Review Advisory Council. And to our sponsor, the Series Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. The Series Accelerator is a center of excellence within series that aims to transform the practices and policies that govern capital markets to reduce the worst financial impacts of the climate crisis. For more information, go to series dot org slash accelerator that's c-e-r-e-s dot org slash accelerator and to our listeners join us again next week for another episode i'm paul ellis and this is the sustainable finance podcast mm -hmm.